right, it's a good afternoon. Yep, it's not morning today. Yeah, we were a bit slower today, yeah. distracted, and we are currently doing episode... 38. 38, right. Last Saturday before Christmas. Got Last... Christmas jumper on? You have, yes, your <laughs> baubles are showing. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not what I planned. No. <laughs> so, come on in, what are we talking about today? So, we've... Um, spent the last couple of days talking about sales stuff so yeah. I kind of wanted to continue that theme a bit so we we talked about kind of sales strategies day before last and um, we had Stuart on the show yesterday yeah. um, who has the book can't sell won't sell um, yeah. and obviously teaches sales skills mm-hmm. um, and I anyone that's listened to the last couple of shows knows that I've been on kind of a bit of a sales journey myself um, I love the way you call it shows it feels all very professional and yeah, the last couple <laughs> what of What would shows. you call it? <laughs> I call it episodes. It feels okay. quite, way less glamorous. But okay. okay. So it's fine. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and I've been kind of cold calling people and um, and just, just learning how to pitch, really, um, and refining that pitch. And so today I thought we'd, do, we'd cover the elements of like a perfect pitch, how you put it together. Yeah, and you, I think that's transformed your... Relate, I know we've been on a bit of a journey this week about sales anyway in, in the episodes that we've been doing, but I think the idea of a pitch has transformed your relationship with how to present yep. and, and how rather than the like it feel like I'm selling, yep. it's the pitch idea seems to be a bit more. Yeah, and I, I got um, some of these tips that I'm going to share from um, Amy Porterfield's podcast uh, where she was interviewing somebody. Why do I know the name Amy Porterfield? She's Is that the... Shop woman? No, not at all. Oh. No, she um she used to uh, be Tony Robbins uh, marketing right. something, um and then she went out on her own and she's very successful in her own right and she talks right. all things marketing, basically oh, right. online marketing and. So if someone was interested in Amy Porterfield, how would they find her? She, she has got a books. podcast. Oh, she has yeah. a podcast. Yeah. Okay. Um, and Just her- tell her that we. Uh, when you go over there, tell her that we recommend it. <laughs> when I go over there? Yeah, no, if, if anyone listening to this is like, yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, she had someone on her show, which I can't remember his name for the life of me, um, but he was an incredibly impressive individual and she kind of went through his log- uh, logistics, um, his kind of roll call of all the things he's he's done. And um, and he was just giving advice on pitching and it really, it was just before I was about to pitch to the um, editor of the Sunday Times mm. with our service um, that my... PR manager had organised for us, and um, and I was quite nervous about pitching to her, and I so yeah. I heard this podcast just before that, which are, and it really helped me because I've always been someone that either tries to learn a script verbatim, yeah. not necessarily in, in a pitch, but if I've got to present something or anything, even the camera or whatever, I've always been yeah. someone that I, I you prepare, prepare, prepare. Yeah, prepare, well, yeah. I don't I don't talk until we did this, and I've got more comfortable. I didn't yeah. talk very well on camera and or if I was nervous I would kind of lose my use of the English language yeah. so I would very much prepare it literally kind of learnt or the opposite like nothing at all and try and have a friendly chat and um, and what I love about this is it kind of marries the two yeah and that's you just reminded me because when we used to go have business meetings whether it be with our peers in business or whether it be our franchisees or whatever it is that was one thing that you used to have a real issue with, yeah. isn't it? You used to have a real hang-up around 
stumbling over your words or, yeah. or saying something that might be misconstrued or and not when I look self back, understood. Yeah, if I look back on like uh, franchise meetings that we've recorded and things like that, mm. for example, I do look really robotic and it's because mm. I'm remembering what I'm supposed to say. Oh, really? Yeah, and there's, there's not really a lot of kind of emotion or, or like genuineness in, yeah, in yeah. that. I look kind of quite bored and, and it's because I'm, I'm memorising it, which... To me now, I can see it comes through. Yeah, um, and I think I... this this process has always has helped a lot. Yeah, though, right. Definitely, uh, doing definitely. when I'm saying this process, by the way, I'm talking about the podcast, guys. And there's there's something strange about doing a podcast. There's there's been things that we've learned about ourselves from doing a podcast, Absolutely, right? Yeah. In terms of how we communicate, what we're communicating about, talking, listening, and because yeah. I tend to talk a lot. Oh, and although you keep telling me to look at the camera more, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, anybody that um, is seeing us on YouTube, you'll notice Kate's like, there's a camera. And you avoid it like the play. I do. Well, I like to kind of pretend it's not there. But... Yeah, that's fair. We're getting better. Yeah. We're getting better. It's taken 38 episodes so far to get better. But coming back to the point around pitching, um, yeah, I think we are always, whenever, whenever we're talking, even when we're talking to friends um, and anybody else, we're always pitching in some way, shape or form, right? Yeah. We're always... Because we're, we're, if, if we're not asking questions of the other person because we're interested in what they want to talk about, generally we want, we want to share something with them. Yeah. And it might be a story of something that happened to us in the past yeah. or it might be that we have a, a, a belief about how things should be, maybe in life or business or spirituality or family or whatever yeah. it is, right? And you naturally process how to present that well, before you open your mouth, Well, even in that right? scenario, like, imagine we had a, a group of friends yeah. and, and round, and, and I was kind of talking, telling a little story, and everybody suddenly turned their attention on me. Yeah. That used to really freak me out, and, and it was a vicious circle because I'd realise everyone was looking at me, and then I'd kind of lose the story that I was telling, yeah. and then I'd get paranoid that I'm losing this, and it was just horrible, vicious circle. Um, and I think this has really helped to just just kind of calm me down and just realize it's just a chat you know well and there was you've just reminded me of something that um that i would notice that you would do uh, and i've do you know what i've only just i'm only just pointing this out to you now <laughs> yeah you have some weird nervous tip yeah. that you never knew happened like when your arm just jolted out that you oh, probably... some form of Tourette's or something yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> just start swearing my mother or something yeah. No, no, no. It's, it's something I've always wanted to point out to you that I'd never actually, that I, that to me, I'm just like, because like, so for my family, Can right? you just put me out of my misery? No, I'm going to jack this right now. <laughs> um, so my, a lot of my family are very, there's a reason why I, I'm happy to talk and yeah. get my point across. Yeah, because you nice. have to be around my family, yeah. right? If, if, you, if you are a, what do they call it? Shrinking violet or whatever it is, they'll just, they'll, rhino stomp you out they'll yeah. just like they'll get their point across and you just got to shut up and listen unless yeah. you kind of stand up for yourself and go yeah. hang on a sec yeah. and that that thing that you just described about yourself in terms of the, the, if the attention's on you or you're really having to think about what you're yeah. when you're around some of my family members you all immediately take a back seat yeah. because they'll just storm all over it and the amount of times that we've been in a family situation where you will start a story about something. And some of my family have got, and they might listen to this and just, like, this is going to come bite me in the backside. But in the mix of things, when everybody's a bit excitable, they've got the attention span of a gnat. If you can't get their attention and really kind of 
enthusiasm, yeah. they're off. Like, especially as, if there's other family members in the room, it's like, they're like, huh, huh, and then they're off. And the amount of times probably, I would see you start a story yeah. and they go, huh, and then they'll start talking about something yeah. else. And I remember watching that thinking, that's really bloody rude. <laughs> you know, she's talking. But it's that, it's what you described. Well, it's right? probably so, quite so. common in large families because your family's quite large. Yeah, so exactly. I should imagine, I, I mean, I don't know, but I should imagine that's Well, quite it's common. large and it's all big. Yeah. All big personalities, yeah. isn't it? There's, I, I struggle to think of one person who's quiet <laughs> and who's not confident in just, who wouldn't just to- take over a room. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think they're all like that. Aren't they? Well, people have often been surprised at me because obviously my mum was a performer. And, yeah, yeah. And yeah. quite happily speak on a stage. Um, and from my music background, for those of you who haven't heard previous con- um, previous podcasts, I'm a, a, originally a musician is kind of where I started um, my adult life, as it were. Well, actually, way before that. But um, I was perfectly happy being on stage as long as I had an instrument to hide behind. Yeah. But, you know, asked me to sing or to speak. And I just didn't like it because it was so suddenly me. So well, you went me. through that phase, <laughs> didn't you? Cause, so you can play saxophone, flute, clarinet and piano. Right, and you were always quite happy to do a gig, even if it's just you, mm-hmm. uh, in front of however big the audience is, and you would just play, and it will be fine. And then you start, then you thought, okay, I needed to be singing as well. Mm-hmm. And I remember that was one of the first times I saw you get really nervous because mm-hmm. you were like, oh, I've got to now sing. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until you put like a strategy in place and a process where you're like, oh no, this isn't. Well, this I don't know. It, it never, it never really improved. Like I didn't even like saying into the microphone, like because I used to play in restaurants and hotels, like background music. You know, if everyone had clapped, I literally didn't even like saying thank you. Oh really? Um, the next number is that literally just a few words. I hated it. I hated going anywhere near that microphone. And and I think in the end, that's partly what knocked it on the head for me. Um, right. Because I just used to get so nervous about it. Yeah. If I could just be playing in the corner and everyone would just leave me alone, I'd have been fine. Oh, but I, it was I, the I, fact that I had to speak. Well, just... I completely get, as you know, I, I completely get the whole not liking being on stage. Yeah. Like that I have an issue with that. Yeah. You know. But it... you're perfectly fine to stand in a room full of like 20, 30 people and, and talk to them. Oh, yeah. If, if there was, uh, yeah. that was a great, yeah, that would be, if there is 20, 30 people and, I, and everybody needs to, we need to get their attention for yeah. something or something, needs to, I have no problem with yeah, that. Yeah, it's weird. But if, if there is a stage element and a microphone, yeah. like I used to get nervous about taking, like if you left, like the mic stand for the saxophone or whatever on the side, and you to, or your music or whatever yeah. on the side on the stage for this audience, and you'd say to me, oh, could you just go get that for me? I remember thinking, bugger. <laughs> like that's, I don't want to be asked that. And, and I, used to, I used to try and race on, get it, and race off as quickly as possible. And then you'd have all these images of, oh, I'm going to be the guy that flies off the stage. And, and the only thing I had to do was bloody pick up a stand. <laughs> My mum has done that. All of has she? Yeah. Into the orchestra pit. Oh, joy. But yeah, so, so sorry to go off on a tangent, but I think your fears, your concerns, and those examples of people shutting you down and all this kind of stuff, yeah. uh, I think a lot of people have had those kind of examples well, and think, be, sorry just to finish yeah, just very quickly just say it would be it would be remiss not to point that out because i think a lot of people that will see us doing a podcast or hear us doing a podcast assume well that's just lee and kate mm. of course they're doing a podcast mm. you know because they're obviously people that are really confident at talking all the time or confident about being on camera and all this kind of stuff when the reality is guys anybody watching or hearing this we're not yeah. we're just the, the one thing the one thing we're confident about 
is in our ability to show up. Yeah. Like, that's it. Whatever we choose to do, we will show up until it's done, right? Yeah. Until we've, to, whether it's done to the point where we know it works or it doesn't work. And um, so some of you might be watching or listening to this thinking, well, Jesus Christ, I've watched, I've watched the last 10 episodes. I can see you're making it up. But <laughs> it's, but, that, but we're learning and it, we, we are just as, we have all the foibles and all the issues. I think foibles is the right word, but um, is everybody else? Well, I think the, the turning point for me has been just being ourselves. And I think when I did used to do the stage stuff, and this is what I had in my head that sales and pitching was in the same kind of box, was putting on a show, pretending to right. be something you're not. And right. I'm really uncomfortable with that. I'm, a, I'm yeah. the world's worst actress, as you know, yeah. and I, I can't lie for toffee. I can't do yeah. anything like that. And I kind of had that being on stage, selling, pitching, any of that, all in that same category. Or oh, you've got to pretend to be something you're not. Yeah. And I think doing this podcast, but also the kind of chats I've had with people when I've been yeah. cold calling recently, have re- have made me realise I can just be me. And yeah. I mean, some people might like that, not like that. I'm not going to be pleasing everybody. No, well, you impossible. can't, right? Well, and <laughs> so, we've definitely tried that. Exactly. We've, I think that's the other thing is... Um, when when you've had a few knocks, yeah, and and those knocks have come from people where you've literally bent over backwards to get, well, probably not literally, but you've you've bent over backwards to do that. You've lost money or lost time yeah. and trying to make them happy, and yeah. then you realise, oh, yeah, they're still not. It's the, and and it's still you you realise as you get older. I think that that's about them and not you. Yeah, um, and and that gives you the confidence to to just be you yeah um that's certainly kind of the journey i've been on and and part of that has been um which is my first point which is researching the person you're speaking to yeah um or from a sales context um you know make sure that your marketing is on point and bringing the right people to you because Mm -hmm. you, you know you can when i used to do the whole memorizing my pitch or presentation or whatever it was I could see immediately when I was losing people right and that would immediately start to freak me out I'm boring everybody and nobody wants to listen to me but most of the time it's because I was talking to the wrong people yeah you know those people weren't interested in what I had to say yeah um so so just finding out the information and that's what I did with um with the lady that I I pitched to at the the Sunday Times was I I went and read some of her previous stories some Mm. of her work um and realized that she was kind of very um like human interest story based yeah. um, rather than like facts and figures or statistics yeah. or whatever. She she had that kind of human element. So I created what I wanted to say very much with that in mind. Mm. And um, and I was on a Zoom call with her and I could see from the outset I had her attention. Mm. Um, so, and I think that's the other thing, trying to, if you are pitching at the moment, trying to get people on a Zoom call, I mean, I've got one later today, is better because you can see their reaction. You, you can see... Well, you're pitching this afternoon. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's. But I think your also your point about um, if you're like talking to the right people and like, doing your research first and everything else, because we're all guilty of trying to make the people that we're talking to into the people that they yeah. that in, in trying to if we just say the right thing or if we do this and that they'll become the people that we need them to be yeah. for us to be able to do these things. I so, think that's because we panic that there's not enough people out there for our particular product or service or whatever it is. So yeah, or kind, anything, yeah. So you kind of just shoehorn these other people into... Who shouldn't be there in the first no, place. Exactly. And we've had that in business, right? Yeah, we've had business relationships in the past where we've... In fact, funny enough, we were just on a separate topic. We were talking about this earlier today. Um, 
about remembering situations where the audience was just not the right audience, yeah. where we would be, we'd be coming up with like a strategy or an idea that would put money in everybody's hands, right? That would, yeah. would propel things um, dramatically. Yeah. And, and they would, and we'd have to sell it to them. Yeah. And we always knew in the back of our minds that they wouldn't want to do it. Yeah. And, and, but the problem is because we're trying to make them something they're not, yeah. it then makes you think it's something wrong with you. Yeah. Like, it's a weird cycle yeah. that you end up on, isn't it? If you've and got the right, if you've either got the right person or you've done your research, like depending what the, the scenario is, selling shouldn't be that hard. No. Um, because you've already kind of made like, I don't know, 50% of the way there just by knowing that that person is the right person or knowing what they want to hear. Um, yeah. and what they're, what they're thinking of. So, yeah, do your, doing your research and or the right marketing to bring the right people to you yeah. is the very first step. Yeah. Um, and that makes everything else so much easier. Yeah, because <laughs> fundamentally, when you're pitching, you are pitching to solve a pain in most cases, right? Yeah. Create a solution. Yeah. That's the purpose of the pitch. So, yeah, identifying the people that need that pain solved is, is the yeah. key part, right? Yeah, exactly, which, again, is your, is your research, yeah. yeah. It's, so that that's the first thing. And then the kind of five step um pitch uh which is as i say that not unique to me because I, I um i was listening to the amy porterfield podcast on this but i kind of tweaked it around a bit and this is now what i use as a framework for right. um for not just pitching but also if i'm emailing somebody um regarding our products at the moment i kind of run it through this kind of checklist almost right. um yeah because you did that to that one that we talked about with stuart yeah i noticed that the other day where so Stuart Pierce was the gentleman we were speaking to yesterday about sales. That's episode number thirty-seven, and he goes into it. He's a, like a sales expert. So if you really want some like real tips around how to sell, that's the episode you want to listen to. But we talked about the uh, email that you'd written mm-hmm. where you wanted it to do everything. Yes. Uh, uh, from introducing yourself to yeah. telling them about the product or yeah. service to then getting them to buy it. Like it had yeah. to, it was every and, and not just getting them to buy, it, but literally they're purchasing mm-hmm. there and then. And we were like, "That's doing too much." And when I turned around to you and said, "Oh, you're doing this way too much," yeah, you re you re that whole thing, and that's based on this yeah. that you're about to say. Yeah, it's it's, it's it sounded similar. so much better once it had gone through. Yeah, the it, it's similar to what Stuart was saying that the you know age old Ada that that everybody um, does kind of sales and marketing by, which is attention, interest, desire, and action. Is mm-hmm. it? Yeah, I think is it is action. action. Yeah. Um, and and that's kind of what a lot of people use. It's not it's not dissimilar to that, but right. it just it to me this makes more sense. And it just I mean it, it other people might prefer using Ada as an approach, but I I prefer this approach. It feels a bit softer. Yeah. Um. So the first one is credibility. Mm-hmm. Um. Just why? I'll I'll use say it as an example, and then I okay. think that makes makes sense to people. So say it just for anybody listening and watching. This might be your first time. Say it is one of our businesses, and it's a video collection service that we. Have created in yeah, it's a video collection and presenting service, uh, so that you can send videos as gifts, um, as in presents, not gifts, <laughs> as in the the digital files. Um, and um, and for businesses, they can use it for testimonials and yeah. things like that. So, um, and it's a new business to us. It's a startup, so um, that's why we're we're pitching so much at the moment. Yeah. Um. So the credibility piece, for example, with that business. Is, is just talking about how it started, where it came from, why we did it. And that right. gives you the authority as to, you know, why you're the best person pitching this product and what, right. 
pains it solved for you. You know, a lot of business owners either go into business because they're just very good at something and they enjoy it, or they've had to solve some kind of pain. Yeah. And there was some product they were looking for that didn't exist or some kind of service, and so they create it. And that's quite often the case with lots of people. So you're almost your, you are almost your first testimonial. Yes. It's like the story behind it is the testimonial of it. Why should they listen to you? That's the credibility piece. So... Um, and you don't want to just like rattle off a load of credentials because you're just going to bore the pants off someone or you're just going to show, yeah, show yeah. Um, at, you know, come across as a show off. Mm-hmm. So that, that would immediately alienate people. But if you can kind of tell your story, yeah. I mean, um, Sarah Blakely is a great example of that. I mean, she created Spanx because she personally cut the legs off her uh, tights um, before she was going to a party. And so she was her testimonial. And she would always try them out as well. You know, she, she, uh, one of the the main sales pitches of her life as to why she, she kind of got that first step on the ladder of success was because she was pitching and she felt like she was losing the woman. So she said, come to the bathroom with me. And she put on the pair of spanks and said, look. Giving that credibility, um, it really kind of, and it breaks the ice, I think. It really kind of softens that. It brings a human element to it. It's like, if you, when you have such a personal connection and with SMEs, like with all small micro businesses, we all have these personal connections to these businesses, right? Some kind of personal story to where it came about. It's way, it's way more compelling and interesting for the recipient, the person learning about it, than... If you're an investor and it's like, oh yeah, I paid into this because it's going to make me loads of money, yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. like, yeah. there's no story behind that. It's yeah. people people aren't interested in that. They're yeah. interested in what was your journey. What's exactly. It, is, yeah. So we would say it for example. We tell the story of obviously how it was Zach's birthday in um, lockdown. Mm-hmm. Well, not obviously for the people that don't know, but it was Zach's birthday in lockdown, and he was really fed up that he wasn't going to see anyone or do anything. We couldn't mm-hmm. get post we can I couldn't even get flour to bake him a cake so yeah. it, it looked like it was going to be a disaster for a seven-year-old birthday and so we got friends and family to send videos mm-hmm. but it was really complicated so that's where kind of say it was born yeah and it was complicated because you were having to manage videos that were coming through messenger whatsapp yeah. being like just loads of different platforms they were Some people would, yeah dropboxing and, yeah or, and trying to just... present to him we literally had to show him on different devices because you'd had yeah. people send stuff i'd had people send yeah. stuff and it was a yeah. real headache yeah so it, and, and there just wasn't an easier way to do it so mm-hmm. that's that's obviously where say it came from and then through that you're already building a kind of emotional connection with yeah. that person um and so if you can use your own story again one of our examples smiley booth we first saw that idea at a wedding at my cousin's wedding in America yeah. and we'd used it. You know, we, we had yeah, so this smiley of... booth, photo booth, hire yeah, company. Sorry. That, yeah. So, sorry. I don't no, 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 you're us. right. I, I forget people don't know. Yeah, but there's people here that have never seen or heard <laughs> yeah. of us before. So smiley booth is another one of our companies. It's a photo booth hire company. We started it back in 2008. It's when we're doing this podcast, uh, this episode at the moment in 2020. So it's 12 years old. Yeah. And we we were the first or one of the first photo booth hire companies in the UK. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and we now have franchisees across the yeah, in, and, that, uh, and the that's UK what we'd, and Europe. We'd seen we'd seen this at um, at my cousin's wedding, and and when she first told us about it, we were confused, like a lot of people were back then. I, I distinctly remember being in a like in a I think it might have been some kind of thing we were going to. We were on a bus or something, and her yeah. like a coach, and her yeah. turning around saying. I've got a photo booth at my wedding, yeah. and you and I going, that's a photo booth, and me and you looking at each other like, 
how do we politely say that's a really stupid <laughs> yeah, idea? Yeah, or just like we just didn't get it. Did yeah, we? and then and then we got there, and as I say, that like there was a line out the door waiting to use it, yeah. and then as I say, fistfuls of photos with people I hadn't seen for since years you were a kid. Years. Yeah, yeah and exactly. They, and it was the experience of just having like r- distant relatives just grab hold of you while you're at the bar going. Quick, let's get a photo yeah, with you. I've got exactly. to get a photo with you. And yeah. you're holding all these photos of each other. Yeah. It's just, it was such, that that was the highlight of the whole wedding yeah, yeah. for us, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It was just... And for lots of people. Yeah, yeah. and we fell in love with it. Exactly. And, uh, so we looked for it in the UK and there wasn't it. Nobody was doing it. That's yeah. obviously what started our story. But again, you've got that human connection because we, we did it ourselves. We yeah. went through that journey of, hey, what's a photo booth? Yeah. Wow, this is amazing. Mm. <laughs> and most people have... If, if you can, when you tell the story of it, as you can probably either hear or see, we're still as passionate about yeah. Smiley Booth and the photo booth business as we were on day one. And and people pick up on that. People with your company or your business or whatever it is, they buy you. They want to hear like why you're passionate and everything else because it's infectious, yeah. right? It's They're living, when you're telling that story, they're living that story with you. Yeah. It's, if it's a genuine, authentic story, they'll they'll live and breathe that whole experience yeah. with you. And so a good way to also make the emotional connection is to ask them questions. Mm-hmm. So again, if you kind of go back to the, the say it example, um, we've found over the last few months that lots of people have said to us, oh yeah, I had that experience. I was trying to create a video for my friend's birthday or anniversary mm-hmm. in lockdown or whatever it was. And, oh, it's a right nightmare. And you, mm-hmm. So... You, you could say to the person you're speaking, you know, have you had that experience, you know, yeah. and, and you're you're just building that connection further. Yeah. Um, and then um, you need to quantify what you're talking about. So quantify the need for it. So um, again, going back to, to say it, um, there's that need for human connection that people are really missing out on at the moment. Right. Um, and that um, you can, if, depending who you're talking to, so if you're talking to a journalist, for example, they, they like facts and figures. So right. at this point, you bring in like statistics on loneliness or right. depression or mental yeah. health or whatever it is. So when, you say, so when you say quantify, what you're referring to is how this how this attacks a bigger problem yeah. like a bigger like the, the 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 pain that you're trying to solve for the individual yeah. is a shared problem that they have this, yes. they're not alone in that yes. problem this is something that many people just like you have this issue yeah. and this is and this is why this is so important. Well, it depends. I mean, if we were talking to a bridal couple, for example, with Smiley Boo, the quantity piece would come in with literally how many photos that you can get in that higher period. You know, you'll come out with how many, ever many hundreds of pictures yeah. and you'll have a guestbook full of pictures you're, you're quantifying. well yeah, that quantifying when you say about the guestbook for the yeah. photo booth will be you i suppose you would also be saying things like well the guestbook how many times do they just not get filled how yeah. many times is that just left how yeah. many times do most people end up getting wasted at a wedding there's no real photos outside the professional photography yeah, you know exactly. so, yeah i guess yeah so you're if, pa- you're painting a when you're saying quantifying you're painting an even deeper picture yeah, of the but pain with, but with the facts. problem Right. Uh, backing it up with with facts and numbers and right. um, I mean if you were pitching for investment that's right. the point when you'd be saying you know um, we're going after X market share or, right. or whatever or there's this many people in the world that need this service or right. whatever it is so you you start to bring in some some facts and numbers basically to, to back up everything that you've said so far okay cool um, and then you you want to make um, an impact somehow um, so 
something uh, like a uh, tango like yeah <laughs> yeah don't go slapping them around the face i don't advise that <laughs> with a big so that's the previous hand. episode sorry guys but yeah we talked about the impact of yeah. tango's ads where they would slap some around the face and say tango yeah but. so something that would make you you memorable so again with the sarah blakely um example you know that woman was not going to forget sarah blakely taking her to the bathroom and showing yeah. her the, the product yeah um you know just something that um create yeah as I say creates an impact create create something memorable especially if you are trying to get PR if you're pitching to the press or if you're pitching for investment where they hear pitches all the time it's it's something that's going to make you stick out above the other people well that's why you see so many of these um like widget sellers basically just saying oh brand my pen brand my thingy like and you can give this out like have this amazing business card or whatever it is you know what I mean and it's it's kind of, like that idea was great twenty years ago or yeah. thirty years ago, but it's still kind of hovering around underneath. Yeah. But that's what people often would try and lean on, right? They buy in some. You look like you're going to say something. Well, like no, that. I was just going to say it's like when we used to do wedding shows and we'd see other photo um, photo booths there. Yeah. And occasionally they wouldn't even have their booth, which we were like, uh, what? But nuts. if they did, yeah. they didn't use it. They didn't go and take the customer's yeah, picture. They just yeah. went, oh, yeah, so this is the booth. And then they'd do, go into their pitch. And it's like, get the customers to use it. The that's journey. that's yeah. the impact. <laughs> yeah, if you have, a, if you're pitching and you are, uh, if it's software, then let them have a play with the software. Yeah. If it's, if you bake cakes, let them taste some of the cake, exactly. you know? It's yeah. like, let take them through the whole journey to, to see why your yours is a value. Yeah. People get, people are really good at working out when someone's pulling their chain, right? Yeah. When someone's lying. And if you, and the problem is if you're not completely transparent and open to giving them something yeah. during your pitch, the alarm bells will, will ring. Was it you. even the, as simple as this morning in the market with the the lady with the cake. Yeah. You know, I, I like fruitcake. I haven't had the time this year to get mine sorted before Christmas. Um, and there was a lady selling fruitcakes. Now, it was 20 euros for something that's quite t- small. For what looked like much... It looked like not much bigger than a cupcake, to be no, honest. No, it is bigger than a cupcake. But anyway... It's, it's tiny. It's quite for, small. For 20 euros. But, and I, but I'm happy to pay that because I like fruitcake and it, yeah. it means Christmas to me. But I know I want to like it, and she yeah. and she had samples. Yeah. Had she not had samples, I would have been hesitant because yeah. I'm like, do I want to sink twenty euros on something that I might not like? No, yeah, so, you're right. Yeah, and, and Annabelle was there like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like the kids were just, well, I'll try some, I'll try some, and having loads of it. But, yeah, but yeah, you've you've definitely got to build that into your pitch. Some way of, it's that I suppose also feeds into the the recipe. What do, what else, how do I say it? Reciprocity. Reciprocity yeah. as well. When yeah. you do that, there's... Oh, testimonials also do it. You know, right. that's that's um, when people can see some, somebody that's used your product and is, yeah. is um, you know, obviously saying the right things about it. That yeah. helps with the impact as well because, you you know, you've built your own credibility, but that's you saying so. Yeah. Um, you've got generated that emotional connection, which I suppose in the ADA model would be the interest. Yeah. So you've grabbed their attention, then you've got their interest. Um, then you've quantified it with, oh, all of these people are going to use it. And then you're going, see, this person's yeah, using yeah, it. Yeah. You know, so you've got that impact. So the last one is um, capability. So what makes you the person that's capable of delivering everything you've just pitched, everything right. you've just said? What what makes you um, the best choice? And um, even if you've got an entirely unique product, you will always get competitors. It's, yeah. You're not immune from that. Um, you know, We 
pretty much started the photo booth industry and one or two people had obviously already been to the States as well. And they kind of, we all kind of popped up bit by bit at the same time. And then within a couple of years, it was hundreds. So yeah. And you'll get that question a lot. If you're pitching your, um, it doesn't matter what the service or anything else you're, they will ask you, well, how are you different from? Yeah. And if your pricing point is, is markedly different, you have to be prepared for that question. Don't, the worst thing you can do, and we've seen this from other business owners in the past, where they just hope the question doesn't come up. <laughs> you know, they or just, they just say, which is the worst thing to me, or oh, we're cheaper. Yeah, oh, God. Or we're better. Yeah, or but we're better. with no reason as to why we're Yeah, better. oh, you get me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, but what's you? Yeah. They don't know who you are, yeah. right? So you need to be... One of the things that used to drive me crazy in um, when we started out in Smiley Booth was when um, people used to say, what's the terminology, USP? Yes. What's your, um, what does that stand for? Unique selling proposition. U- unique selling proposition. And you'll see it in a lot of books and all this kind of stuff about, well, what's your unique selling proposition? And you say, well, that's, sometimes that's really hard to define. Well, it, right? it's, I think it's a weird... Um, choice of words because if I was to tell you my experience yeah, is yeah. the reason to is my capability yeah experience isn't a unique thing no it's it means that my experience might be better than Joe blogs or whatever or or, yeah. or different but it's not you that's not a unique word or a unique thing no. so I've, I've always found it just an odd choice of words because there's too many of us in the world there is no unique unique no never well I mean the likes of Elon Musk and stuff like that, I suppose, yeah. are unique. But yeah, I mean, there's still other companies that sell electric cars. So now there wasn't at the time. But again, he's well. I guess the well, the experienced one's an interesting one because you can say say if you're say for example, you should there should absolutely be value if you have been in an industry for say a decade or two decades or longer versus somebody else who's offering the same service as you who started last month. Yeah, you know, there's. There's a value in that, and if, if that is the case for you, and you're trying to work out, well, how do I put this together? That's a massive. That in terms of, it's I, I a think, trust. Sorry, you just said value, and I think I think value selling proposition is better. Yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Really, yeah what what makes the choice want to be with you? Yeah, but it doesn't have to be a unique thing necessarily. No, and I, I suppose the point I'm trying to make is that so many times we go to the service or the product to try and make the value proposition different yeah. or distinguishable between that and a competitor. And we sometimes forget, well, what about who you are? Yeah. And um, like there's a financial firm that I, uh, I help with their marketing strategy and everything else at the moment. And one of the, one of the big advantages that they have is, yeah, they sell, there's other financial firms out there, but they've got decades, if not, I think it's something crazy, like 140 or 150 years worth of experience yeah. in that office. Yeah, yeah the, the financial products might be difficult to distinguish between them and a competitor, yeah. but the expertise under that roof isn't. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's really blooming obvious yeah, when, you, exactly. when you compare them to somebody else. Yeah. So, yeah, sometimes it doesn't, we, we try and pull the levers of change in a product or service when yeah. we shouldn't. Yeah, absolutely. So that is your kind of framework for, um, for, for the perfect pitch, as it right. were. Um, and once you've done your research and you can, you can adjust it to the person that you're, you're speaking with um, or writing to or presenting to or whatever it is. But, but one piece of advice I, I would add to that is to keep it quite short and succinct. Mm-hmm. You know, the worst thing you can do is just like 
verbally vomit <laughs> all over someone and it does this and this and yeah. this and then and, and, and when I was three this happened and yeah. <laughs> you know uh, so to try and keep things succinct and based on your research tell them the kind of elements of what you do and this is what Stuart was saying yesterday yeah um that is relevant to them yeah you know, for, yeah your your thing your product service might have a hundred different ways of doing stuff yeah but there may only be two that's applicable to exactly that person. yeah I mean to so say it I you know I touch on the it started because of my son's birthday because that's the emotional connection but I don't go into that much because when from talking to care homes yeah. he's seven the people yeah. I'm trying to sell to are obviously elderly yeah. is a very different thing um so you know I, I say that in a quick sentence yeah. it's it's not something that I kind of labor the point with yeah and just because I as anybody that's listened or watched this podcast so far will know that I don't mind talking mm. right so and but that can be dangerous, right? Yes, it's it you. Can be. You definitely need to be in a situation where that's why having a framework around your pitch is really important because it keeps it keeps you within these boundaries of that's all you need to talk about and say. Yeah. Yeah. It, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with a call taking an hour and a half with a a, a, a prospect to somebody who that you're trying to sell, providing that for most of that time it's them talking, yeah. it's them asking questions, and it's. Is trying to find ways to bring them out of their shell, bring them yeah. forward once you've done your pitch. Yeah. And a lot of the time, we've all been there. You get someone who does a sales call with you, they'll ring you up or whatever it is, and you're just going, uh-huh, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 uh-huh. And and they think the more they talk, the more they're controlling the situation, yeah. but actually it's quite the opposite. Oh, yeah, they're you losing should be listening, it. absolutely, yeah. yeah, asking questions and listening. Um, and, and part of the key with that is practice. Yeah. Um, you know, just practice in the mirror, practice with other people, yeah. um, do some pitches on maybe lesser accounts that you're not, you know, it doesn't matter so much if you lose that one so that you can just practice actually pitching with people. Um, yeah. So, um, again, for example, with us, we're, we're pitching to um, like groups of people yeah. um, and it will be the smaller groups that yeah. we obviously approach first because we're still honing that pitch before we attack, we try on the the bigger groups yeah. uh, where it would obviously mean more um, for us. Um, and the, the the thing that I have very much challenged myself with recently, and it's, and it's still a challenge, is getting on the phone. Yeah. Um, or try and get face-to-face with people, which or nowadays Zoom. is easier via yeah. Zoom. Um, because just putting it... I mean, I the, the person that I'm going to be speaking to this afternoon was actually an email pitch that I pitched yesterday. Yeah. And um, I'd worked really hard on crafting this email and initially she blew me out. Yeah, she was actually quite blunt with Yeah, you. it was a, a thanks but no thanks. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of went back going, but hang on a minute, have you have you like seen these bits? And she'd not noticed those bits yeah. and then has now asked me to call her today and, and go through some more information. Cause yeah. she, and, and that's the difficulty with email. It's, it's so difficult to get people skim read and yeah. get the wrong end of the stick yeah. and, and it's, it's very hard yeah and so and that was a really important step for you to take because it's very easy to to go back to the drawing board and go is there something wrong with my product or my service when actually no it's just there's something wrong in the way that they process the information that you've yeah. given them yeah um there's one other other uh, thing to add to the the pitch piece or any element of sales uh, especially in the not taking over control by talking all the time. It's a direct opposite, and that's silence. So once you've delivered your pitch... Mm, yeah, that's really important. Yeah, just don't say anything, okay? And sometimes the gap in 
that silence might only be for a handful of seconds, but it will feel like an age. Yeah. But it's you've you've said what you needed to say. It's for and you're inviting them to to then come in and talk. And even if they come in and go, uh huh, yeah, yeah, sounds good. If if you're not getting the response or a detailed response back onto what it is, stay quiet mm-hmm. until they give you that. And or put the probably the question is the only thing that you yeah. could do in if if you are really struggling with the silence. Don't just give them a load more value. Just just prompt with a you know what did you think of that? Well, yeah, and one of the analogies that I used to use uh, or the uh, whatever there is when we when we trained the franchisees we used to talk to uh, we talked to them about how we used to sell photo booth hires in our office right mm-hmm. so we would be doing um on average anywhere between 40 and 60 events a month with our photo booth hire mm-hmm. business and i used to be very much in charge of the sales side for that mm-hmm. for our office and there would be times when i would do my pitch to it might be a company looking for some kind of photo booth experience or it might be a bride to be it could be anything like that and i would literally do my pitch and then put them on loudspeaker on my phone and walk away from my phone because and because i would know i would talk yeah and it's the first first to talk loses isn't that's it that's right yeah, yeah first to talk loses yeah. and and it works in conflict as well oh really yeah. Yeah, so it's it's a that's a really important tactic because you just because then they have to give it further thought. If you keep talking, keep talking, keep talking, they don't have to give it any thought, and they can just dismiss and switch off. And... It's such, or and they don't have they can't dismiss you when you when you're quiet either. They mm. have to kind of come back with something, you know, more important. So it's it's a, it, you're so right. It's something I've forgotten about actually. Mm. I, um, I know this isn't a sales thing, but I did it in a conflict once, and um, and it was a conflict I was in with somebody on the phone, and and they were quite a oh, this was a business uh, yeah, they thing, were quite a fiery yeah. character, and yeah. um, but they knew the trick as well, and it was so funny because they kind of blown up about something, and then I just went quiet. And I, I, you're right, it, it feels like forever. But they went quiet as well because yeah. they know the same tactic and we both just sat there in silence. But in the end, they gave in. and I was Well, like, they were so <laughs> in the wrong, yeah. weren't they? They were so in the wrong, but yeah. they were hoping that by bluster and by yeah. noise that you would bend, yeah. weren't they? So they were like, rah! And you were like... <laughs> <laughs> and just take a step back. Yeah. And it does, honestly... It, Anybody that's tried this this silence thing is, it, and we've all met people that are really good at, uh, good at it in real life. Yeah. Uh, not real life, but face to face, where you can meet somebody, and then you find yourself just jumping around trying to get their attention, and, and, you, and you just trying, keep filling in the silences yeah. just with nonsense. And, and it works with children as well. They'll yeah. if if children are having a you know meltdown and you go quiet, they'll they'll kind of talk themselves yeah. through it. Oh, that I think. There's a thing on objection handling that we teach yeah. as well, which we'll do another episode on, not not because this is all about pitch. But yeah. uh, in a future episode, we'll talk a bit more about objection handling because there's a way you there's a questioning technique mm-hmm. and a communication technique you can use that will turn an objection into yeah. a positive. Remember that? Yeah. Well, also um, what my cousin talks about um, when you're by asking questions, you're getting them to solve it for yes, you. Yes, yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll do a whole yeah. episode on it's really objection interesting. handling. Well, not just objection handling, but question thinking yeah. is, is quite a, a useful skill. It's, a, it's something I want to work on, actually, because yeah. it's not a skill I've really used very much. But Well, that's the beauty of pitch and sales, right? Yeah. It, 
it, how often do we ha- are we in a position where we actually analyze the way we communicate properly? Mm, exactly. We're not, right? We kind of we still function with the same set of tools that we were given as maybe not a child, but certainly as a teenager, yeah. and we think that that's still appropriate. Well, and it is, like we were saying on yesterday's call with Stuart, it is a skill, and you have this, like, oh, born salesman kind of um, adage out there, and you also have all these kind of sayings, like, gift of the gab, yeah. and, you know, sell ice to Eskimos, and all of that kind of stuff, but it's it's not true. It is a skill that you can really work yeah. on, and really, um, uh, the, one of the best books for it is... Um, Oh, uh, how to win friends and influence people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is again all about listening and communicating. And I don't know if it's in that book or another, but um, where there's a line that says something like, "You can, you can, win more friends or win more people or something by being interested in others yeah. than trying to create interest in yourself." Yeah. Well, we noticed that. So, Cyan Kid was on a previous episode, episode twenty nine or yeah, twenty nine. Yeah. Um, who's a good friend of ours in business and, he's, and it's definitely an episode if you're wanting to be in business or in business you should absolutely uh, take a look at the Cyan Kid episode um, but we saw when he was going through his phase of just consuming as much book, as many books as possible in business and all this yeah. kind of stuff he went through this communication stage didn't yeah. he where he was just like learn everything there is to know about how to communicate effectively with people in general yeah. whether it be staff or mentors or whoever and we saw a change in him didn't we mm. in the way he would communicate and hold people's attention yeah and even on the podcast episode mm-hmm. you and i both commented about how relaxed yes. he is yeah. and how measured he is in his responses yeah. like there's no there's no hurry yeah and that's really compelling if you can if you can be like emulate that yourself, have enthusiasm, but don't feel rushed and just just d- deliver value. People pick up on that. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's yeah. a bit you're you're giving them the the chance to to speak, and you're not kind of talking over them. There's a there's like a a natural rhythm between you and whoever you're you're speaking with. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. There's uh, yeah, learning. So the pitch that you've just gone through today. Yeah. Uh, yesterday's episode about techniques around sales and, and we actually did uh, and that was with Stuart Pierce on yesterday's episode episode 36 seven, seven, seven. Seven. and the episode before that we also talked about sales as well episode 36 it's all about communication strategies yeah. and the better you can get at that the more effective a human being you're going to be and the way more effective you're going to be we're in business, whether it be sales or managing staff or anything like that. But also just, just one other thing. If you are on, on the phone um, and uh, you know, you're not face-to-face, change your energy. Stand up. Yeah, um, change you your know, state. Yeah, w- walk around and um, that will really help kind of lift... Because the worst thing to be is just like this monotone. Oh, yeah. hi, I'm I'm calling from such and such. Are you interested? And in, you know that nobody's interested yeah. in that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, just just trying to kind of change your your, your energy around things. Yeah, moving well. around when you're on a phone, uh, like if you're doing telephone sales, is super important. Yeah, really important. It does it does take your energy to a different place. Yeah, and yeah, it comes absolutely. across on the phone. Yeah, absolutely. So that's our our tips for the pitching. Yes. Uh, I hope it helps. Um, and I'll, I'll let you know how I get on with mine. <laughs> yes. Good luck and have a good day. All. Bye.